I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 18, as we conclude our study through the book of 2 Peter this morning in a message entitled, As You Wait. How many of you enjoy waiting? Waiting at the doctor's office, sitting there in the room. If you're 15 minutes late, they charge you $50. If they're an hour late, it is your joy to be there, right? Sitting in traffic in Florida in the wintertime when the snowbirds are here. And if you're a snowbird, we really do love you. We're glad you're here. Waiting in line at Walmart because there's one checkout line open. Waiting. You know, it's been estimated that we'll spend in our lifetime in excess of two or three years of our lives waiting. Just waiting. How do you spend your time waiting? Sitting in the doctor's office, do you you bring a book with you and look at that as an opportunity to be productive? When you're standing in line waiting to check out, is your first initial response to reach into your pocket and pull out your phone, scroll social media for a bit, send a text, check the scores? How do you like to wait? You know, waiting is not just something we do in our lives normally. As we saw last week, it is something for us as believers that our lives are characterized by as we look and wait for the return of Jesus Christ. In fact, you could describe the life of every single follower of Jesus as a life of waiting waiting on the return of Jesus Christ. So as we wait, the question that lies before us this morning is, do we wait with a sense of purpose? Do we wait not just with our hands folded? Do we wait actually working, waiting, working, waiting, working in what God has called us to do. As we look at the text this morning, that is going to be Peter's objective. To say to us, as we wait, this is what you should be doing. I want to read for us verses 14 through verse 18 of 2 Peter chapter 3 and As we do each week, we'll walk back through it together. If you're new to North River Church, our habit as we gather together each morning on Sundays is to walk through a passage of Scripture verse by verse. Typically, it's working through a particular book. In this case, it's the book of 2 Peter. We finished out the book of Genesis prior to this. In my tenure here over the last seven and a half years, I believe this is book number 15 that we've walked our way through as a church family. And so there's 66, which means we still got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So 
2 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. This is God's word. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do to the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, Knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see that you would open our ears, that we would be able to hear, and that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of that in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. As you prepare to walk with me through this passage this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that will frame our time together. It's this truth, as we wait for Jesus Christ's return, we wait with a sense of purpose. As we wait for Jesus Christ's return, we wait with a sense of purpose. We don't wait for Jesus Christ's return as followers of Him just with our hands folded thinking, well, maybe it's going to happen Or maybe I'm going to draw my last breath and I'm going to meet him face to face and it doesn't change the way that we live. In fact, for Peter, he is going to outline for us as we walk through the text, in light of Jesus Christ's return, this believer is how you should live. This is what your life should be characterized by. This is what your purpose is in the waiting. In fact, as we look at the text this morning, I want you to notice, beginning in verse 14, there's a word that starts that verse, therefore. If you ever come across the word therefore in the Bible, you need to always ask this question, what is it there for? Well, Peter in verse 14, following through verse 18, is going to lay out for us, as I've already mentioned, here is how you should live. In fact, he's going to give us four action verbs, four things that we should be doing. But before he gets there, he wants us to be reminded of what he's laid out for us leading up to this point. And so if you'll indulge me for just a bit, I want to lay out for us what we have already walked through. So if this is your first Sunday with us and you've missed the last few weeks, good news for you this morning. I'm going to just in about three minutes re-preach what I preached already, okay? If you were here, 
This is not a moment to sleep, all right? This is a moment to be reminded of this is what we've covered up until this point. Because for Peter, he wants us to be reminded of these important truths that we've already covered. So therefore, if you look first, the first week, verses 1 through 15 of 2 Peter chapter 1, in light of your identity in Christ and the call to live a life worthy of the gospel. And then the next week, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21, in light of the reliability of the Scriptures that have been given to us by God, both Old Testament and New Testament, through the holy prophets and also through the apostles, one of which is writing this letter here. We have confidence in the reliability of God's Word. And then the third week, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 22, in light of the danger that is presented by false teachers who deny the essential gospel truths and seek to lead people astray. And then last week, in light of the certainty of Jesus Christ's return and his ultimate rule and reign for all eternity. In light of all of that, therefore, here is what you should be doing. You know, as we look at those four statements, it reminds us of what we've already covered up until this point in the book of Second Peter. And I'd encourage you, if you missed a week, you can always go back and listen online and, and seek to saturate your mind and your heart in the truth of God's Word. Because for us to get to where we need to go today, we have to have the foundation that Peter has laid for us already up until this point. It's the reason he uses the word therefore, so that we would be reminded of what's coming up until this point. And so beginning in verse 14, he says, therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, or what are we waiting for? We're waiting ultimately for the Lord Jesus Christ's return. We're waiting ultimately for his rule and for his reign where he takes care of ensuring that true and righteous justice goes forth, that the wicked are punished, that the righteous are rewarded. Since we're waiting for these things, Peter is going to say, in light of that, here are four things that you should be doing, four action steps for every single believer. And so as we walk through these, it'd be very helpful for you as we walk through them to ask, are these things true in my life? Am I active in doing what he lays out here? Because for us, as we wait, as we look, as we long for the return of Jesus Christ, these are the things that should be at the forefront of our minds and our hearts as we walk in obedience to the Lord. Notice he says first, be diligent to be found by him without spot 
or blemish and at peace. Be diligent. That is an action word. It means make every single effort. Exhaust everything so that you will be about doing these things. I've shared with you before that one of the things that plays out in my head, in fact, it played out yesterday morning. I was looking for something in the freezer. My parents are in town, and so we were cooking breakfast. We had frozen biscuits in the freezer. I was looking for the frozen biscuits. Janie said, they're in the freezer. So I opened the freezer. Guess what I didn't see? The frozen biscuits. So I walk in and I say, hey, uh, I didn't see the biscuits. She said, did you look? (laughs) And the question that follows is, did you look or did you Michael look? Those are two totally different things. If you're a man, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You look for something, I don't see it. (laughs) Truly looking means that you exhaust all options, which means there should be a pile of frozen food on the countertop because you have unloaded the entire freezer looking for the biscuits. And guess what? Here's what's going to happen 99.999% of the time. The biscuits are in the freezer. And here's the thing that Peter is saying to us. Make every single effort. Be diligent. Work hard to be found by him. Notice how he describes without spot or blemish. Now, as we look at that, we think, okay, this makes sense. What he's saying to us, in fact, we sang about it this morning, is that for us as followers of Jesus, our lives should be characterized by righteousness, by holiness, by growth in Christ-likeness. If you look at what he says, without spot or blemish, holiness. In fact, sanctification. We know as we laid out in the first part of Second Peter chapter 1, our identity in Christ, that Jesus Christ, as we're going to celebrate next week, His life, His death on the cross, and His resurrection, it is through that, when we place our faith and trust in Him for salvation, that Christ's righteousness covers us. So that when God looks at us, he declares us righteous, not on the basis of what we've done, but on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. We are perfectly righteous in God's eyes. We are justified. We are declared holy. But we also know that an aspect of salvation not only is justification, being declared righteous by God, but sanctification. That is us growing in Christ-likeness. It is us pursuing Him more and more and our lives becoming more in line with what God's Word says our lives should look like. And here, I want you to know that Peter is not saying you must 
experience perfection in this life. If you've been a believer for more than about 30 seconds, you know that that is an impossibility in this life. But there should be a pursuit of Christ-likeness in our lives. We should be growing to look more and more like Jesus every single day. And so a question for us as we think through this, if you're a follower of Jesus, is that true in your life? Could you look back a year ago and where you are today and say, Pastor, I can look and see that I am growing in Christ-likeness, that I am becoming more and more like Jesus every single day. That doesn't mean it's total perfection, but it means there's a pursuit in our lives of growing in Christ-likeness. You say, Pastor, I'm not really sure. Ask your spouse. You're like, I don't really want to do that. But the closest person to you often can tell you whether or not you're growing in your walk with the Lord. Do they see that happening in your life? Or maybe it's a best friend who's a believer that can speak into your life and say to you, yes, I see that you're growing in Christ-likeness. I remember what you were like a year ago. I see where you are today, and I can see the growth in Christ-likeness in your life. In fact, Peter says here, as we're waiting for Christ's return, we need to make every effort to be diligent, to be found by him without spot or blemish, growing in Christ-likeness. Not only that, if you notice, he says, and at peace. So for us as followers of Jesus, not only should we be growing in Christ-likeness, but we should also, he says here, be found by him at peace. I thought about that because one of the things that the Scripture reminds us of is that because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, we can experience peace that surpasses all understanding. Regardless of what may be coming, regardless of what we may be experiencing, we have the peace of God in our lives. You know, as you think about that, one of the things I thought in relation to that, to try to illustrate it so that we could grasp it, is this. If you ever had a ball game that you recorded, and someone slipped up and told you the score of how the game turned out, not only are you mad with them and you defriend them on Facebook, but it makes a difference when you watch the game, when it doesn't look good. So you're watching the game and your team gets behind, but you know the end of the story and the score is that your team wins. You know what you watch that game with? A sense of peace. Not that big of a deal because you know your team wins. Hear me this morning as a follower of Jesus the same thing is true for us. We can walk through this life, Peter says, at peace because we know how the story ends. 
We know that Jesus Christ is going to return. We know that he is going to rule and reign in perfect righteousness and holiness. And if we are in Christ, we will rule and reign with him. Peter says, as you wait, as a follower of Jesus, be found without spot or blemish and at peace. I want you to notice the second thing he says in verses 15 and 16. So not only be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, but notice secondly, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Count the patience of our Lord as salvation. He's going to explain Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. Now, in fact, as you look at what he says here, he is calling attention to Paul, another apostle who wrote a good portion of the New Testament scriptures under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. And he says, Paul talked about this as well. He says, I'm giving this to you, and Paul also gave this to you. Paul outlines in, if you want to write this in your notes, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and also in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5, Paul unpacks for us the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, his second coming. And Peter says, in light of this, In light of Christ's return, I know it's not happening right this moment. I know that it seems to be a delay on the timeline, but count the patience of our Lord as salvation. You know, we talked about this last week a bit, that it is simply the grace of God on display in him waiting to return. His delay is an opportunity for people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. The longer he delays, the more opportunity there is for people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. So he's writing to these believers. If you remember, that's the conversation that's been happening with the false teachers that have been seeking to lead them away from the true gospel, seeking to cause doubt to enter into their minds whether or not Jesus Christ is going to return. And since these false teachers say he's not going to return, then they can live lives however they want to. They don't have to pursue righteousness or holiness. They can do whatever they want to do. But Peter says here, count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Look at every moment of delay as an opportunity for us as followers of Jesus to share the hope that we found in Jesus Christ with someone else. Think about that. Every second of delay is an opportunity for us as we wait to share the hope that we found in Jesus Christ with someone else. I love the second part of verse 16 because Peter is honest. There are some things in them, speaking of Paul's letters, that are hard to understand. 
which every believer that's read through some of Paul's letters says what? Amen, right? I love that, that Peter just breaks it down for us, says that boy is hard to understand sometimes. That's South Georgia lingo, you know. He's hard sometimes to understand. But his point here is the realization and the understanding that Jesus Christ is going to return. And any delay is not something for us as followers of Jesus to look at and to say, well, maybe he's not coming back. No, it's for us to look at as followers of Jesus and say, here is another moment of opportunity for us. Because hear me, church, in this community in which we live, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that you interact with day in and day out that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And for us, every second of delay is an opportunity to point them to Jesus Christ. Which means, if you'll indulge me for just a moment, you may have come in today and you are not yet a follower of Jesus. And I want you to know that this moment is a moment of patience that God has granted to you. It is a moment of grace that God has extended to you so that you would hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and have an opportunity to respond by faith, trusting in him alone for salvation. And so if you will give me 37.2 seconds, I just want to lay out for you and for all of us in here the gospel message. Every single human being has been created by God. The scripture is very clear that he knit us together in our mother's womb. And every single human being has been created in the very image of God. Augustine said it in this way, that within every human heart, there is a hole that can only be filled by a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. But here's the problem that every single one of us have. The problem is called sin. Instead of yielding our lives to the Lord, we instead choose to pursue our own desires. Instead, we choose to be selfish and to pursue what we want instead of what God wants. And the reality is sin separates us from God. And you can't sit here and say that you're not a sinner because Scripture is clear. Every single one of us is a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. And here's where the good news of that comes in. That Jesus Christ, as we're going to celebrate over this next week and into the weekend, stepped foot out of heaven, the Son of God, took on flesh, and he went to the cross offering his life in place of yours to pay the debt of sin that you have. He died there, was buried, but praise God, he rose from the dead, securing salvation for you and invites you, if you will trust totally in him alone for your salvation, your sins can be forgiven and you can experience what your heart desperately longs for. That is a relationship with your creator. That is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And since he's not yet returned, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, this is a moment of patience exercised by God 
on your behalf so that you would take that step and trust him for salvation. If that's a step that you need to take, we would love to help you take that step. In fact, as you look, Peter says, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish. Count the patience of the Lord as salvation. Notice as we continue in verse 17, Peter says, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people. Notice as he comes on the back end of talking about Paul's letters and some that is difficult to understand written in there. He says, the ignorant and the unstable twist these to their own destruction. And they do this with the other scriptures as well. So he says to you and I who are followers of Jesus, in light of that, you, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people. Be on guard as a follower of Jesus that you are not carried away by one, false teaching, two, by people who would seek to lead you astray. One of the things I did when I was a student pastor is we would take our kids to go white water rafting on the Okoe River, which was usually a good idea, sometimes not so much. But we would take them and in the training on the front end, one of the things that the guide would say is, listen, there's going to be some points that we're going to come to in the river where the water is swirling in a certain direction. And so as we come to those points, one of the things that you're going to need to listen for is I'm going to tell you to paddle in a certain direction on one side of the raft. And he says, listen, if you're going to listen to anything I say, listen to this one moment when I tell you to paddle. Because if you don't, you're all going to die. No, he doesn't say that. He says, if you don't, what's going to end up happening is that the raft is going to turn in a certain direction, and then it's going to sit and just spin constantly in this water. And he said, it's going to be almost impossible to get out of it and to get back where we need to go. So he says, don't, don't miss up. So we're going, we look ahead of us at the raft, and what we see is that they didn't listen very well. And man, they're just spinning right there, just spinning. And he says, look, don't be like them. And Peter here is saying that to these believers and to us. Recognize and understand the attack that is coming from false teachers and those, he says here, who are just ignorant and don't understand what the scripture says. Be careful that you are not carried away and trapped in the error of lawless people. And he says, secondly to that, following that, and lose your own stability. Well, where does stability in our life as followers of Jesus come from? If we're not to lose stability, how do we make sure that we remain stable? Well, if you remember back to the second week, 
we have the trustworthiness, the stability of the scriptures that have been given to us. God has been so gracious to us as followers of Jesus that he said to us, if you want everything that you need to live this life of godliness, walking with the Lord, here is what you need, my word. Which means for us as followers of Jesus, we must plant our feet firmly in the word of God so that we are able to withstand the attacks that will come so that we're able to stand firm regardless of what may come our way. And then he says, fourthly, the next action, but grow, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Grow. One of the things I've said to you before, church, is that so many times people can come to faith in Jesus Christ and they can sit in a church building and they can soak in everything that's being taught, whether it's on Sunday morning or in life group. And then they just sour. Sit, soak, and sour. You've probably met church people like that. Look like they've sucked on a lemon. No joy, no happiness, no excitement for what God is doing and the part that they have the privilege to play in it, but that's not here what he describes. In fact, he says to all of us as followers of Jesus, grow. Don't remain where you are, but grow in the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's the same grace that we were extended when we were first saved. It's God's unmerited favor that he grants to us. But listen to me. God not only grants that to us prior to salvation for us to come to faith in Jesus Christ, but every single moment of every single day, the scripture tells us there are new mercies and new grace that is available for us. And the opportunity that Peter says here is we get to grow in that every single day as a follower of Jesus. That we get to experience the waterfall of God's grace every single day of our lives. And as a result of that, we grow in grace that the Lord Jesus Christ has granted to us. But notice the companion word there, not only grow in grace, but also grow, he says, in knowledge. Those two go hand in hand. Growing in the grace that God has given to us through his son, Jesus Christ, but also growing in knowledge. And hear me, yes, that does include head knowledge. That does include information as we look and read the scriptures and as we study God's word and as we study theology and as we learn more about who God is. Yes, we're growing in knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. But hear me this morning, we're not just trying to fill our heads that growth in knowledge should 
seep down into our heart as well. It should transform our hearts. It's not just transforming our head of what we know about God. It's transforming our hearts so that we live in relationship with him. And that relationship is continuing to grow. Jesus Christ will return. He is coming back. He will either come back in your lifetime or you will go meet him when you draw your last breath. But as you wait, as you wait, as you long for his return, Peter says, these things should be true in your life as a follower of Jesus. I want to ask you, if you would, to bow your heads with me this morning. As our worship team makes their way back up, this is an opportunity for you to respond to God's word, to the truth that's been proclaimed this morning. Maybe for you, as a follower of Jesus here, one of these things that we've talked about has been impressed on your heart by the Holy Spirit of God. An area of growth, an area of pursuit, an area where the Lord is saying, hey, this is what you need to look at. This is what you need to make certain is true in your life. And this is an opportunity for you simply to respond in obedience to the Lord this morning. Maybe you're here today and for you, as I mentioned a few moments ago, you've not yet taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you have experienced the patience of the Lord in your life. And you've experienced the grace of God extended to you in that today you have heard the message of the gospel. You have heard the good news of what Jesus Christ has done on your behalf. And all that's left for you right now is to make a choice of whether you will place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation or not. I'd encourage you this morning to take that step. Our pastors are down front as I pray and we sing. Maybe as a follower of Jesus, you need to respond this morning to the word of God. Maybe as you sit here, not yet a follower of Jesus, this is the moment of salvation for you to respond. Our altar is open. Our pastors are down front. We'd love to talk with you or pray with you. God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that it reminds us of the certainty of the return of Jesus Christ and how we as followers of Jesus are to live our lives with a sense of purpose as we wait. God, where we have faltered and failed in that as a follower of Jesus, we ask for your forgiveness. And God, we recommit ourselves in this moment God, to pursue the things that Peter laid out for us here. God, for the one that's here that's not yet a follower of Jesus, never taken that step, 
God, would you right now impress on their heart the desire to take that step in trusting Jesus Christ for salvation. We ask that in his name. Amen. Church, would you stand as we sing? Our pastors are down front. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you. Our altar is open. You come as the Lord leads.